0: You're listening to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, success without sacrifice, a podcast by two entrepreneurs at different stages of life, sharing real life experiences, managing a successful business and family life. It's honest talk about lessons learned, balancing family, faith, business, and personal growth on the journey of making our dreams a reality. Now, here are your hosts, Jerry and Jacoby. Hey, everyone. I want to welcome you to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, Success Without Sacrifice. I'm Jacoby with my good friend and co-host, Jerry. and every episode, we'll be bringing you honest conversations about what really matters and how to create success without sacrificing the things you love the most. And on this week's episode... Since it's the end of the year here and we're wrapping everything up, we just wanted to give a little 2020 recap and what we learned in 2020 and what we're thinking about going into the new year.
1: What could there possibly have been to learn in 2020? Man, has this been uh, just an up and down year, crazy, crazy, crazy. And uh, But when I look back on it, I'm like, in the midst of COVID-19 and the election, and you pile a couple other crazy things on there. As we were breaking this down, I'm like, man, this was a really good year. There was a lot to learn. Uh, We made some transitions. We had to shift some things along the way, make some changes to our plan. But at the end of the day, uh, if you look back on it, like, had a great year with the family. Business was good. Really got to work on some good, solid relationships with some people.
0: Yeah, I would uh, I would be in agreement with that uh, for us, especially when I say us. I mean, when I'm saying us, I mean, my immediate family and uh, the business and all of those things uh, talking about what did we learn in 2020. And with what you said, what I'm going to say, number one is is life goes on. Right. So really, the main things that I think of when I think of 2020, I think of obviously coronavirus Uh, lockdowns, shutdowns, and then obviously right now the election here in the United States with what's going on with that. But with that, Life goes on, right? So, like you said, we made some pretty significant shifts. We started this podcast in the middle of uh, middle of the pandemic, changed brokerages, which is a huge thing if you are in real estate and you look at real estate and those things, and then um, you know just other things that have gone on with life. And so, what I would say is is things have been different, but they've also been normal. Things continue to life continues to go on no matter if there is a pandemic or not. You've got to you've got to learn how to shift and navigate through things, but the bills are gonna keep coming. Your kids still have to get educated. You still gotta move on with life and uh and uh move on with your well being and trying to prosper, you know?
1: Think about how much we traveled over the last several years, uh, probably three or four years, uh, you know, traveling good eight, nine times to different events, different meetings. And this year, there was no travel. We did a quick vacation to Florida and flew for that. But other than that, it was a, a stay at home.
0: Yeah, definitely. Travel was definitely restricted a little bit. Usually we make a lot of trips to California, which California was shut down. And then uh, since I'm in Texas, Texas did not, you know, I was talking to a friend the other day, Texas, we've actually been pretty fortunate, I guess you could say, in how things have gone. So the family and I, we made a couple of trips around San Antonio, Dallas, and a few different areas. And then just recently... To Florida for some jujitsu tournaments, so we actually still moved around as a family a little bit. But as far as business trips and those sorts of things, we definitely did all of our seminars and everything on Zoom. I made the flight to Zoom and uh, <laughs> did all of uh, all of those educational things.
1: Well, that's the other thing. Like with Zoom, uh, we were just talking that you know obviously we're both at the house recording and. My dog just started to bark, and so all those background noises on Zoom are now all of a sudden okay. You know, I'm I know doing some meetings or trainings, and um, uh, the funny one I think it was uh, Greg Miller on one of our Zoom events when he uh, he's right in the middle of his presentation. It sounds like somebody dropped about ten pans in his kitchen. Just like that's just part of it's, it's how we have to roll now. Uh, we get a lot of those home background noises. Uh, it have been brought into our meetings. That's right.
0: And everybody's at home now, right? Your kids are at home, they're doing homeschooling or they're not, you know, they're doing distance learning. Your wife's at home, everybody's at home. And so usually you try to make everything look good and look like you've got everything under control. And then obviously with everybody in your house, there are a lot of things that you can't control. And so you're exactly right, which still goes into my point
1: of life goes on, you know, Life definitely has to go on. If you look, you know, we, uh, you know, for us, I know for some people there was, you know, they maybe did a little forbearance or, you know, the automakers helped some people out, but um, it was, you know, like you said, those bills, they just kept coming due and they had to get paid and it, we were pretty nervous uh, when it, when we were shut down i think we were we were in lockdown if i recall for like 13 weeks here in michigan couldn't do any real estate for a majority of that and we were ready and for it to come back and open up and, and go live cuz we needed to uh, we needed to to get those houses sold and you know from a real estate standpoint once it opened back up it was like the floodgates we've been busy ever since
0: Really, really good. So with, uh, with what we got here, 2020, the recap of 2020, what are your 2020 thoughts? What is one of the first things that you have learned from this past year that you're taking into 2021?
1: 2021, the, probably the biggest thing on my list is the importance of relationships. And that goes relationships you know, with a family, because now we're home all the time. Uh, we've spent, you know, more time together this year than we have in years past. So you need to make sure that, you know, you're working through things. Uh, you make sure those relationships are on point, putting in the effort with them. And then, you know, if you swing the pendulum, it's the relationships that are in your life that, uh, you know, the people you're not seeing, uh, the people that aren't uh, out there kind of running in this new virtual circle. And so I think it's important that. We really take um, an inventory of the relationships in our life and make sure that we're really being open and really looking out for especially the people that will tend to withdraw and have no problem being by themselves. Uh, I I think the relationships are important, and so it's not going to be healthy for someone to spend weeks and weeks and weeks uh, with no interaction.
0: Definitely. That is definitely one that I had on the top of my list is uh just relationships in relationships in all in all aspects. I feel like that more than anything uh really became apparent to me is that you know, that's one of the few things that we have that we can hold on to, right? And so Obviously we recorded in, uh, in November from going from zero to hero And like, we always talked about defaulting to the positive. So when we look at, uh, COVID-19, one thing that I pulled that was a positive out of this whole thing was just, I got to spend more time with my family, you know, and so was working from home you know, doing this podcast from home. And so my kids actually loved it. They loved the fact that I was here and with them. And whenever I'd come out from doing work to take a break, they would be yelling at me and jumping on me and different stuff. And so that was real apparent to me that, you know, for one relationship with my family. And then, you know, obviously, unfortunately, some people got sick. And, uh, you know, we've had a, a lot of friends who've had relatives and close friends who have also, you know, like passed away from the virus and from some other things as well. And so it really brings to light that like relationships are really important because when you look at it and you start staring death in the eye, you start to realize that some of the other things that you were really worried about aren't really as important as you thought they were in the beginning. And those relationships are, are more important than ever. You know, and so uh, that was really one thing that uh, that I thought about and was was thinking about more than ever. And then also just having different relationships from around the U.S. Right. So that was really helpful in my business as well, because as things are happening here, people that are here are kind of all thinking the same. You know, like we all when you're together, you kind of think of the same. But when you have other relationships that are like outside of where you live, there are people that are doing things differently and they have different ideas. And so those relationships from people from other areas that you can use from where they are and bring them to where you are and possibly spark, you know, better ideas, innovation, and kind of what you can do with your work or, or, you know, building relationships or finding out other ways to connect with people, I think is, is really, really good
1: too. Yeah. I think that's really shown itself to be true over the last you know, several weeks. And just if you look at our our markets, uh, even if you look at it from a real estate perspective, where you're in West Texas, and everything that happens in your community is driven by whatever the oil industry is doing. And for me, I think that, you know, I would feel that as a ripple effect, but that is not in the top five most important factors that are or determining what's happening in our market. And so just having that relationship with you has opened it up to make me, uh, I don't want to not necessarily think more globally, but definitely think on a much larger scale and that it's not just what's happening here.
0: Yeah. And also the other thing is whenever this whole thing popped off, it's, um, it's amazing how whenever you hear so I think the personal relationship thing is, is really, really good. And so what I found is like also getting, In with folks and just actually speaking with them and talking with them. So, obviously, COVID 19 is a big factor in what people are talking about. And so, some people are everybody has their own ideas. Some people want masks, some people don't want masks, some people think we should be doing more, some people think we should be doing less. And the reason why I say that is, is like in those relationships, when I actually started sitting down and talking with people, what I found out is that I have more things in common with people than, than things that we have uh, that are different. And so my only reason to say that is that your personal relationship with people is really, really important to like get down, start talking to people, getting personal with them and actually talking, you know, get, having those deep conversations with folks and building, building relationships with them. And that was the one thing that uh, really stood out to me from this year, because when you look at it from the outside and you hear the news and some other things, you might think like we're really, really divided. But when you actually search and, and think we, most of the folks that I talk to, they really just want what's best for everybody. And so that's the one thing I, I would say is like having those personal relationships and then realizing that we are all on the same team, even though we might not agree on certain things.
1: Yeah. That's uh you know, it just seems all the outside influences in our life, whether it be media, social media and everything's talking to us about how divided we are and we're, you know, we are truly not near as divided as, uh as I think they make it seem or whether they want to make it seem. And I don't, you know, I don't get wrapped up a whole lot in, I don't watch news at all. Um And I don't get wrapped up politically a whole lot. Uh, the one thing with the election is definitely reduced my social media time. And so I've just kind of pulled back from it. And that's, that allows me the effort, you know, allows me the opportunity to find the things that I have in common with somebody as opposed to, you know, where we differ. Yeah. 100%. -hmm.
0: And then the other thing, so my next item that I had on here is uh, for my thoughts on 2020, we actually got rid of cable this year. We got rid of cable, so we don't have cable anymore. Cut the cord. Cut the cord. And so we do we do Hulu now. So I mean it's kind of the same thing but it's different, you know, but um we got rid of Netflix for some other reasons which I'm not going to go into on here but uh <laughs> we had Netflix, got rid of Netflix and got rid of cable and so uh what I found is that um no matter what I'm just going to say media or the news I feel as though they are losing their grip on the control that they used to have on our society. And so Uh, The things that I've seen is, is a lot of the stories that they do now is not even really news anymore. It's just a lot of sensationalism. They've got to get eyeballs. They've got to get, they've got to get your attention, I guess is probably the best way to get it, to say it. And the way for them to get their attention now is to shock you, you know? And so, you know, I just think that, you know, it's less news and more trying
1: to get your attention. And it's a little drama filled in my opinion. Well, then when they get your attention, they need to keep it as well. So they always have to keep that dopamine on their eyes. Um, Keep it, you know, it, it has to move really fast. Things change. And what's super important today in the news is not going to be super important tomorrow, even if it really is important. That's exactly
0: right. And and the thing I see is like we we're doing we're always doing the same trainings and, and stuff together. And so in one of the trainings that we're doing, you know, we're talking about video. And what is the number one or one of the most important things that you need whenever you're marketing a video is your title. And so the titles of like just newspaper articles, the titles of, you know, the stories that that the news is doing, you know, is um, I can just really see that now. And so what they'll do is they'll pull out one piece of their story that is probably the most graphic and sensational. And they will put that in the title. And, you know, you read the title and you go, oh, wow, that's crazy. And then you read the article and it's like. Well, that's not even really exactly what the article's even talking about.
1: Yeah, and that kind of goes right along the lines of um, you know making sure that you're keeping it positive, and so you have to be really careful what you take in. Or at least I do. I have to be. I have to be really careful on what I'm consuming because that's going to definitely affect what's coming out. And then as we talk about the news, I definitely don't want this to turn into like you know a bunch of our opinions and kind of bashing the news and what I what I really wanted to do is have this lead into that conversation of how important it is to be doing your own research. And we talked about this uh, a few podcasts ago or a few episodes ago about doing your own research. And uh, what was it? I think our title was, um, you know, drowning in a sea of information, something along that lines where there's so much information that you can consume on a topic, but it's how do we, You know, how do we hone that down and find the information that we need? And I think that has definitely shown itself to be, you know, 2020 has definitely put a magnifying glass on that.
0: And what I would take from that is you're exactly right. And so really what I take from it is, is normally, like you said, the news, normally you would get like the news and what's happening around town. And so what I've seen is that now I'm really able to, concentrate on what really matters for for me in my business and my family and the folks that are around me right and so that's really what I would see as the um, as the difference there uh, and kind of what I want to what I want to focus on because if I only had the 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 TV on the only thing I would really focus on is the election and covid 19 you know but um, I need to be focused on things that matter to me and that are going to help me navigate this time that we're in right now.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think it's important to, you know, to get the information you need, but it's in, in the world we live with social media, Twitter, it, it's easy to get sucked in and consumed by that, that whole, you know, I mean, we've used this term for years, the 24 hour news net, you know, news cycle is, if I go and consume, and I know all that information, how does it affect what I'm responsible for? Or if I look at like what my vision and my goals are, uh, me watching, you know, 18 straight hours of election coverage, is that going to move my life forward? And because my life still has to, you know, or our lives still have to move forward, no matter what the outcome is, we just have to figure out how it is we're moving forward.
0: That's right. And that's why I think the also the importance of, like we said, those relationships from different areas and from outside of where we are normally uh, living our lives. Because different perspectives, seeing other things in other areas and how they work is uh, really what's going to help us kind of help you move forward and like spark new ideas and all that. So what are what are I got a question for you? What are some things that you're doing or that you did in order to prep or that happened in 2020, moving into 2021.
1: Uh you mean like where have I shifted to go from 2020 to 2021?
0: Yeah, because things changed, right? So yeah. things things have changed. And so what are you thinking or what, you know, what are you moving forward on or how have you changed to to do that?
1: Well one of the neat things is for me is everything. So as crazy as 2020 has been, and as different as it's been, my vision and my goals have not shifted. And what 2020 has allowed me to do is I've really had to drill down on that and get more specific, get more clear on what I need to do. Uh, So, you know, some of the things that I've done is I've had, um, you know, I've had a in the real estate B school, they've got us where we run a you know a three-year goal, a one-year goal, and we break it down into quarters. It's really helped me get clear that I really need to be more effective on my quarterly goals uh, to help me to get to that three-year goal. And then what 2020 has done is it's really instilled in me that I got to get really clear on not just my three-year goal, but my life goal. And so right now I'm working on what's called a life plan. I'm, I've got seven areas of my life that I am attempting to write out an, a vision for. Um, the, the, um, the book is called Living Forward, where it's based, uh, where it's out of. It's Michael Hyatt. Like A lot of guys know about his planner and some different things that he's doing. But um, specifically, I'm working on you know, living forward and writing this life plan. And that's helping me to get you know, a fair amount of clarity in some really big areas of my life. And so that would be the main thing that is on, you know, on my plate right now. I
0: like it. I like it. Yeah. So a couple of things for myself is, uh, one of the big ones was obviously changing brokerages, uh, whenever we did that, obviously both of us did that, but, uh, changing brokerages was a big thing, uh, for us. And the, the reason part of the, (laughs) it's
1: (laughs) funny that you say, like, uh, it is a huge deal. Like it was a big deal for me to leave, uh, leave my brokerage been there eight years, had a great relationship with my broker and it was a decision I made in my life. That was more, uh, it wasn't because I was leaving something negative. A lot of times we change things because oh, something's negative. So I have to go to positive. Well, I went from something that was positive to something that, uh, is going to give me a bigger opportunity. And so as such a big deal as it was, like the more I talked to people about it, like, nobody really gets that it was a big deal to switch brokerages you know but it felt like a really big deal to me
0: well that's because you're so good at what you do when people don't know it's a big deal then that means you're good at what you're doing But part of the, uh, I think it's a really good point that you say it wasn't, there wasn't anything wrong with why you left your situation. There wasn't anything wrong with why I left my situation, but I think it is really important to be thinking about, you have to be forward thinking with what's going on. And so with the new brokerage that we moved to, um, they are, basically they are a cloud-based company is what I would say is one of the, one of the major other factors that was really uh, big in my decision to make the move, especially with all this COVID stuff. You know, we are moving more and more to automation. We are moving more and more to where things are working in the cloud, where there's artificial intelligence, all of those things. And so I think folks that are not getting on that train and moving towards the technology or technological front that we're moving towards you're going to kind of be left behind, you know? And so that was the, one of the things that I was thinking that I thought about. And one of the reasons why I felt like it was a good decision partly to make that move is because, you know, they don't have any buildings, you know, it's a totally virtual company essentially is what it is. And that's the way we're moving. And so I just, everybody that I talk to, I just, I really want them to start thinking about that. We are in the 21st century, you know, back in the day, we were a industrial country, you know what I mean? Like, but we are moving further and further away from that. A lot of jobs are moving out from here. Things are getting more expensive. Like you just have to look at how, for one, the government starting to do things, you know, raising the minimum wage. Like what does what does that mean for business owners? If you're a business owner, what does that mean? And then if you also like work for someone, what does that mean? Like it sounds good in the beginning, but you have to think about, you know, the ramifications and how you can build value for yourself and for your company. And so that was one reason why uh, we kind of made that move. And then the other thing for me was um, just thinking about cash. People always say cash is king, right? And so I don't think that was more apparent than in April and May and June of this year, right? Yeah. So like for a, for a while there, literally everything shut down. We didn't know what was going to be happening. And obviously the government tried to do what they could do by writing us all checks. But like for some of us, like that check, I mean, it's helpful, but you know, I've got three kids and my wife doesn't work. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm the only one that brings home the bread. And so cash is really king. So I had to make some decisions on how to stack some cash and in order to do that. Luckily we had put ourselves in some, in a position to be able to, uh, to work through that. But cash, I think is still King.
1: And, uh, when cash is not coming in, it sure goes out a lot faster than it sure moves quick, you know, when there's none coming in. So it's like, Whoa, I thought I had some money, but I don't. (laughs)
0: It does go out fast. Right. And the other thing is, so like everybody that I was talking to, everybody starts cutting their expenses. Right. So everybody's like, oh, well, I got this. I'm not really using it. I chop it. I got this. I'm going to chop it. But you can only chop off so much. Right. Correct. And so, you know, you cut and you cut and you cut and that's what you get. And then now, once you cut as much as you can, What I found is that there's, it's still, I'm still bleeding. I'm still bleeding out, even though like I've cut some things out. And so, what I thought about over this time was I said, there were still people that made money during that pandemic time. There were still people that were prospering during that time. And so, I wasn't in those industries, but in my head, I was thinking like, What industries are those? And that's what I need to be thinking about in the future. Right. So I don't want to be left behind because there will be a covid 20. There's already been 19. Who knows if it'll be as crazy as covid 19, but there will be a covid 20 or there will be the next virus that comes up that we won't have a vaccine for that we won't be ready for. And so um, those that's kind of the thing
1: that's on the forefront of my mind. And that leads right into the next point for 2021 is what skills do I have to add, you know, to my tool belt? And, um, in looking at how 2020 was, um, we, we did several flips, uh, and that has turned out to be, it was a rough proposition to try to flip houses through shutdowns, through material costs rising through contractors not being available. I mean, the, You know, the one thing that this year has definitely done is hurt the like the renovation market. It's been really difficult. Uh, We're we're in the process of wrapping up uh, our last flip. And that is, you know, I say last one because we've made the decision that we're going to switch some of our investment assets to other areas. Uh, and so, things that I've been looking at, studying, like, what is student housing look like? What's happening with that market? Um, Buying houses and renting them out closer to, you know, universities, colleges, and as well as the lease option uh model of investing. And so, these are just two things that I haven't done uh, a lot of, but I've been getting trained on them, researching them, studying them, and becoming an expert in those areas because those are two skills that I think moving forward are going to serve my goals much better than you know what we were doing in the past and so it's this whole learning new skills and so for me i'm learning some investment skills and then secondly is i want to become much better on video uh it's uh, you know we've been saying it for like five years how important it is to be on video and youtube and doing live videos but it's n- never been more apparent to me that we have to be on video because as you you know you're talking about we're going into the whole virtual life that we're living you know video is just a huge tool i've heard and i don't know the specific statistic but like 80% of online content it, that's served as video or that's being consumed as video and so i need to make sure that my skill set in that arena is on par with what we're trying to do
0: What I hear whenever you're saying that is exactly like learning new skills, figuring out what's next, because to be honest, all this is so new for everyone. Like we don't, you don't really know what's going to work. Right. But you do know that you are going to have to do something differently in order to prosper in the future. And so who knows if it's going to be, like you said, student housing or a different type of niche or a different type of market. But the thing is, is that you are actually learning and trying to do deals in different areas that are going to serve you. And that way, once you find out or once an opportunity comes up, you'll be able to adjust and to be able to take advantage of that opportunity. I think the one mistake that anyone can make right now in this time is to not do anything, to not be progressing and to be doing the same thing that you've been doing, because obviously, That is not going to get you anywhere. And I think that's really one of the keys from, you know, that I'm learning in the new economy that we've got is that you've always got to be learning, you've always got to be adapting, you've always got to be adjusting, you know, and so that's really what I hear whenever I hear you saying that figuring out what tools, new tools to put in your tool belt. And I think that's, uh, that's, like, really the key factor that that kind of needs to be pulled out of there.
1: You know, we reference real estate all the time, obviously, because that, that's our niche, but this goes for anyone. You know, I'm looking at people in different industries. I've got a buddy who uh, he's a CPA at a print company, and he's talking about you know, how they've had to bring in sales training to help their salespeople adapt, and uh, I was just talking to him about how they had to become better at running team meetings, because now the sales team's together a lot more than they've ever been, uh, because now they're not on the road, they're home. And so they've had to, you know, hone their skills on how to lead meetings and they've had to help their salespeople develop the skill of, you know, not knocking on the door and not being face to face, but still being able to sell or still being able to sell. And that being said, he said they're up like 30% this year after having a 13 week lockdown uh, in the print industry. And uh, all that business has come from brand new clients. So they've been able to go out and. Uh, Acquire new clients who've, you know, who has who have prospered during these times to be able to build their business. Everybody's
0: gonna, everybody's gonna adapt. You either adapt or you or you lose out. You adapt or you die. And so that's, uh, I think, what is really, really the key.
1: Well, I have one more thing that I definitely want to make sure we get in because I think it has played such a major role um, going all the way back to March. Is when I look at people and I look at the people in my in my life, I see so many people living in fear, making decisions that are based on the fear. They're just consuming all the negative uh, information and making all their decisions, living their life from this umbrella of fear. And uh, for me, I think it's been really important that I need to be smart. I need to be safe. I need to make good choices, but I can't live from that from that bent of just fear. And I think it's important for me to be an example to my kids that we can't live life out of fear because there's always going to be something to be fearful of. And so we need to really keep that fear in check in our life.
0: And I think fear, anytime I think about fear, at least fear when I look at it is because I don't know what is coming next. Like, I don't know. I don't really have a prediction of the future and what it's going to look like. And so if there's things that have happened that are bad in the past, it seems like things are going to be bad in the future. And so I think you're exactly right. How do we, how do we look at fear? How do we conquer fear and how do we move forward with fear? And I think the things that we've talked about here, just learning, doing something I think helps you eliminate that fear, like just not doing anything is will keep you fearful because you you're not doing anything you don't have any you don't feel as though you have any control and so even if you don't have control, you have to give yourself the appearance that you have some control and I think uh learning new skills like we said uh working to do some other things and and push forward is is really helpful in that. but fear is the number one component and that's part of the reason why we cut the cap- cut the cable too you know, is uh, I can't have those things coming in and uh, thoughts going into my head that are causing me to, to question myself. And so even if I'm wrong, I still want to have a direction in the way that I'm going, you know, so I can feel confident about moving forward.
1: For sure. Well, it's been great kind of breaking down 2020 uh, and super excited about 2021. The one thing I hear a lot of people saying and I'd don't want uh, you guys to get wrapped up in it is just when that calendar flips it's not like everything's going to change and so we have to you know we have to be making decisions and building the skills that we need to move into 2021 so we are going to break real quick for our segment time to invest where we will break down a tip or idea on the world of real estate investment
0: All right. On this week of Time to Invest, I want to talk to you a little bit about forced appreciation versus market appreciation. And what the difference here is on forced appreciation, uh, this is appreciation of a property based on actions that the actual investor is going to take. And so what I mean by that is that whenever you purchase a property, you are actually going to appreciate the property in value based off the renovations that you're going to do. For instance, if you buy a property and it was built in the 60s and nothing has been done to that property since the 60s, you would normally you would renovate that property and bring it up to today's standards. And when you did that, you'd be changing the electrical plumbing, um, the surfaces. So usually, you know, from probably like tile or from mica, you'd be upgrading to like granite. Um, Also your flooring. You know, a lot of houses during that time had like red floor, red carpet, green carpet, and also like those ugly tiles in the bathrooms as well. So you just sheetrock everything. You'd uh, scrape the popcorn ceilings, do all of that. Those are things that you would do in order to bring the home to a current state uh, to where it would be comparable to a home right now. And so all of those renovations would be considered forced appreciation. Now, market appreciation, on the other hand, means that you just buy a property and you hope that the market appreciates just based off supply and demand, which that's what I would call gambling, because you don't know what's going to happen with the market. We don't know when the market's going to go up and we don't know when the market is going to go down. You can't time a market. And so in order to mitigate your risk, in order to lower your risk, forced appreciation is actually one of the better strategies that you can use. Actually adding value to the property that's going to cause the value of the property to go up. And so um, usually the uh, rule of thumb for that would be if we were purchasing a property, which the ARV, which is after repair value, is $100,000 to make things easy. We usually do 75% of the ARV Minus your repairs. So, if a house was worth a hundred thousand after we were going to fix it up, meaning your your starting out purchase price would be seventy five thousand. Let's say you had twenty thousand dollars in repairs, then your offer on that house would be fifty five thousand dollars. You do your repairs that would cost you twenty grand, and then you would be all in for seventy five thousand, and you should be able to sell that house for a hundred thousand. Meaning you would have a twenty five uh, percent profit on the house uh from what you bought it for for what it's going to sell for. And so because you did those renovations, you know from based off this is for residential real estate based off of the comparable sales in the area, you know you could be able to sell it for 100,000. And so you actually forced the appreciation. And hopefully you get some market appreciation in there as well. So if you bought the property and then it's worth 115,000 after you fix everything up, that would just be icing on the cake. And so uh, that would be my encouragement to you from this uh, feature here is that always make your investing decisions with residential real estate based off of forced appreciation, not on market appreciation or also on cash flow if you are a buy and hold investor. All right. So look forward to uh, speaking to you guys later on. And that is the feature for this week.
1: Welcome back from Time to Invest. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen in on what 2020 was like for us. And just as a recap, uh, relationships um, have proven to be so valuable in 2020. Uh, They've always been valuable, but I think 2020 has put a magnifying glass on how important relationships in our lives are. Also want to reiterate how important it is that we need to be looking for the new opportunities that will present themselves. And we need to be honing the skills it's going to take to take advantage of those opportunities and making sure we don't live in fear. Uh, We do not want to have a fear-based life way of living. And just to kind of wrap this up, uh, we didn't really share any resources, but Jacoby, I'm sure, uh, what are you reading right now? I'm sure you've got something that is playing into what you want 2021 to be like. And so what do you, what have you got going on in your life right now? Yeah.
0: So really the, uh, I got a couple of books that I'm reading, but one of them is the hypomanic edge. It's the link between a little craziness and a lot of success in America. It's by John Gartner. And really, it talks about some of the folks who were crucial in the founding of America. And it talks a little bit about their personalities and their mindsets and how they're actually a little crazy. So it talks (laughs) about Christopher Columbus, Alexander Hamilton, and Andrew Carnegie, uh, just a few of them. And, you know, Christopher Columbus, in order to come over to the Americas, you got to be a little woo woo. And so he came all the way over here, conquered it, and did those things. And so it's good to see that uh, those guys have ups and downs the same way that we do. Everything didn't always go great. And um, yeah, just reading about ordinary people just doing crazy things.
1: For me, uh, I pulled this out of our last episode where we interviewed Tristan. And I bought Extreme Ownership, Jocko Willink. And as you know, Jacoby, uh, you always clarify when I say I'm reading a book. You always give me the... Are you listening? Are you reading? And you know that I had listened to a ton of books, but based on my conversation with Tristan, I actually bought the physical copy of Extreme Ownership and started to actually read it. And so this time around, I'm going to read the book, not listen to it. So just to be clear, there Extreme Ownership by Jacko Willings. Uh, he, was a U- he was a U.S. Navy SEAL. He's got tons of information on leadership. Uh, not only was a SEAL, but he led SEALs and Read a couple of his books um, and super excited to dive into this one. We really appreciate you guys jumping on and listening. Make sure you head over to the Facebook page, Success Without Sacrifice, and we would love for you to chime in there. The books uh, and anybody we reference, you'll be able to get most of those links in uh, the description. And we look forward to hearing what you have to say. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Jerry and Jacoby podcast. If you walked
0: away with something of value, we hope you'll share it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast so you get notification of all
1: new episodes.